This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Hi, everyone, and a warm welcome to another Baby Brunch podcast. Today, we're talking about how to introduce your new baby to the rest of the family and also to siblings. Now, we have done a video on this and we promised you an extended and an in-depth conversation with Dr. Jenny Rose. We're really lucky to have our experts as part of Parent and Baby Brunch. But first of all, a big thank you to our support. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Dr. Jenny Rose is a clinical psychologist. She's been on Parent and Baby Brunch before. She's a parent and child expert, a mom of uh, three, so to three girls. She's on a mission to empower parents, really, to see how we can all just be amazing parents in our true capacity, focusing on the development of our children through conscious and gentle parenting methods. Doctor, welcome back to Parent and Baby Brunch. Hi, Ilana. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. When is the right time to introduce sibling to the new brother or sister that have just arrived home? Fresh. (laughs) Well, there are a couple of things, and I actually want to backtrack a little bit more to the first sort of part of that, which is when should we start telling our kids that there's a new sibling on the way? And just because I think it's so important, a quick tip for many parents is that often we are so excited about the potential arrival of another sibling that we introduce the idea to our kids very early on. And for kids, time is such an abstract phenomenon that they have no idea how to make sense of this. And what then happens is they start to think that having a sibling is what it's like when the mom is pregnant, that all the while that this baby is in mom's tummy, that is what it's like to have a a baby brother or a baby sister. And they're like, this is amazing. I'll kiss the baby and love it and hug it. And this is, you know, put my hands there. This is incredible. And what they don't realize is that there is actually about to be a baby. And so, so much of the preparation actually begins even in that pregnancy stage and around the timing of telling them at that sort of perfect time where there's enough time for them to prepare for the arrival, but it's not too soon and not too early that they actually think that this is what it is to have a sibling. So that's the first little tip that I would definitely offer parents. Then when it comes to actually introducing um, the baby and the sibling to each other, I think what's so important is that we often underestimate our own role in that initial meeting. And so I would say to parents, the first thing to consider and reflect is really around when are you going to be most comfortable? When is your anxiety at its sort of least? When do you feel like you're in a safe and comfortable space to facilitate this meeting? We often want to do it very quickly, or perhaps we want to wait until we finally home. There's not a fixed set sort of prescriptive idea of within a day or two days, but we do want to ensure that the space in which it happens is a really sort of comforting and nurturing one. What is important in the meeting is not so much whether it happens, you know, at X point or at Y, but rather what it looks like and how it happens. And so that speaks to things like what is happening in the room when the sibling walks in. Remember that this is going to be your child's first encounter with their sibling and almost set 
the sort of foundation for their interactions with the sibling. And so very often uh, what we do is moms are holding the new baby for the sibling to come and meet them. And actually what that then triggers is that the first experience with the child is that mom has got an established relationship with the baby and that I'm the outsider coming in. And so something as simple as just letting the baby be lying on a bed or um, in its cot rather than being in mom's arms makes a significant difference. We almost want to show our kids and really encourage that our relationship with them is still so important and so valid. And so for moms out there, I would say, you know, upon the meeting, if the, the most important thing I can give you is go and connect and collaborate with your child and be with them to meet the, the baby rather than waiting for them to come to you. I mean, there's just so much advice out there and everyone has a suggestion as to how to do this right, you know. But how should we prepare ourselves? You know, this idea of, our child feeling excluded or replaced, it's almost as if it's making us anxious and then yeah. it's making our toddlers anxious. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's why I come back to saying it's so important for us as parents to really reflect on where we are at and how we approach the scenario. Um, it's so important that we aren't thinking of these things like exclusion um, and replacement because that is an assumption that then can exist in the relationship. And so we really want to walk this through our child. Sometimes for young kids, especially, we have to be very concrete. We have to be very um, sort of distinct and direct in what we are saying. And so it would be helpful to actually say these things to our kids that this does not take away from how important and how valued you are in this family. And this is not um, a replacement of you, that nothing could replace you. And we think it's so obvious because for us as parents, it's obvious, but we often forget that for kids, this is actually a really big thing that's happening to them. It's a huge change. And so it's so important to actually deliver the message that we just think is so obvious to us. We want to make sure our kids actually know and understand that. It immediately makes me think, then how often do we talk about this new baby? You know, mm -hmm. uh, everyone's talking about the arrival. There's gifts arriving at home. There's a new room that's being prepared. How often do we make a fuss about new baby arriving? Yeah, I think it's one of the times that we really have to try and get that balance sort of perfect, that example of how we do a little bit of both sides of the continuum. So there's definitely something to be said about how important it is to prepare kids for the arrival of a new sibling. And that is for kids, like I've just said, you know, often very concrete, directive information. So that's saying things like, this is what it's going to look like. This is what is going to happen. Um, you know, there's going to be a baby that might cry. There's going to be a baby that's going to drink milk. There's going to be a baby that does X, Y, and Z. We want to prepare them. But at the same time, we don't want to overload their entire narrative and their entire existence with baby, 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 because they are bombarded with information around the baby. Like you've said, it's the new room. There's baby stuff everywhere. There's excitement. Every time someone sees you, they talk about the baby. And again, for me, it really just is about how do we come back to reflecting about this as parents? And when we've got an older sibling in the mix, I think it's so important to hold on to the notion of you know, everybody's thinking of the baby. Let me think of the toddler. Let me hold the toddler. Everybody's thinking of the baby. Everyone that's involved, the family, the support, the friends, everybody who's invested in this 
is thinking about the baby. Let you be the one that holds the toddler and thinks about the toddler or the older sibling, however old they are. And be conscious about your efforts and your interactions with them. So that is being very sort of explicit and detailed about um, thinking consciously of how you can connect with them, how you can spend one-on-one time with them, um, how you can walk them through the scenario of what you can expect with a sibling. One of my favorite things to do with kids is to and to talk about with them when they're going through a change is to talk about what will stay the same and what will change. It's so important for our kids to be prepared to kind of put together a picture of what life is going to look like. It's really helpful to bind not only anxiety, but also to ensure greater sort of collaboration and actually you will see them more willing to be involved and connected and part of the process if you've done this, if they know what it is to expect. You know, I often think about even just, let's say, for example, something amazing and fun like a holiday. And maybe this is my personality coming out through here, but let me tell you about the scenario. Imagine your partner or spouse says to you, come, pack your bags, we're going on a holiday. Come. Which feels a little bit exciting. That's great. But Certainly for my personality, I think I would like to know a little bit about what this holiday looks like. I'd like to know, are we going somewhere hot or cold? How long are we going for? What should I be taking? What does this look like? And we make that mistake with our kids is that we assume that because it's something fun and exciting, that we often don't have to give them the visual picture of what that's going to look like. So make sure they know what life is going to look like with a sibling. It doesn't just stop at saying, oh, you're going to get a baby brother or you're going to get a baby sister. We actually want to tell them what life might look like, where the baby is going to sleep, how it might impact our kids, how it might change things. Maybe mommy can't fetch you from school anymore. Maybe dad's going to be fetching you from school. So we want to do the scenario of what stays the same and what changes. And often in the what stays the same, we want to really reassure them, validate them with things like, My love for you doesn't change at all. I will always be your mom. I'm here for you no matter what. But maybe what changes is that mommy doesn't fetch you from school anymore. And that supper time is a little bit more chaotic because your baby brother needs to go to sleep. And so these are things that we are preparing them for. And we are equipping them to manage that sort of struggle and bump that might come down the road. I immediately think of how we introduced our children to each other. Uh, there was a uh, the one bought the other one a dolly, and um, we dressed the new baby and the the gift in the, the same clothes. And the new baby had now given the older sibling a, a toy. And I remember her seeing the baby in the crib for the first time, and she ran away. <laughs> she ran away. She wanted nothing to do with this. I mean, is that the way to go? Do we buy them gifts to bribe them? You know, little sister bought you a book, or yeah. little a new baby bought sibling a gift to say, "I accept you, so you accept me too." You know, <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit forced. So I think it's it's quite an interesting one. I don't think there's necessarily harm in it, but I also don't feel at all like it's an essential thing. I don't think parents need to be worrying that. You know, as mom's in labor, she's kind of like, we need to detour at the toy shop so that we can ensure we've got this gift for our kids. You know, more importantly, I think it's about thinking, you know, what would we be trying to achieve in that moment without the toy? What is it that we're creating? For me, I think what we're trying to create is fun and excitement in this moment. So often there isn't such fun and excitement in meeting a sibling like you've actually described with your kids. And so we often think if we introduce something fun, 
the experience will be perceived as fun. So, so that's often the motive for why we have a gift there. And I think for parents just to be mindful of that, and, and if that is important, that you are trying to establish or set the tone of that meeting, that that can be achieved in many different ways. You know, your child at this point, if you have just had a baby, I can tell you now that the biggest gift you can give your child is connection. And if you can, you know, they just want a piece of you. They've, they've, had you now maybe go out to a hospital to deliver a baby or suddenly there is a baby at home and you aren't as available and um, able to meet their needs as you were previously. And all they are wanting is a little bit of the, of the relationship with you. And so if your goal is to set the tone of being fun and playful, use your relationship to do that. Make sure that that moment of meeting that sibling is filled with fun and playfulness and whatever that might look like for your family. You can introduce um, family sort of uh, traditions or things that you do, games, asking questions, you know, a lot of fun things that, that can be incorporated into meeting at that moment. But I also hold on to the idea of um, there's something that we maybe are trying to achieve, which is that the baby brings with it something that the, the older sibling gets out. We often think that in sibling relationships, there's a new baby and the older sibling gets nothing. You know, as parents, we can understand the joy and the, you know, the real sort of fulfillment that we get from, from babies. And I often say in parenting, it's such an interesting thing. I feel like kids give you just what you need when you need it, because it's a very one-sided relationship for a long time, especially in the beginning. And, you know, we just meet the endless needs of our babies in the beginning, and we don't get a lot back, you know, in return until I think they kind of feel like, as parents, maybe we're struggling and suddenly at six or seven weeks, they decide to smile and we think, oh, it's, it's worth every second of it. We can do, I can do another night of no sleep so easily. But we are able to, as adults, understand that, of course, we are getting so much from the relationship. We are so fulfilled. We are, there is no deeper joy and deeper love than having an, a, a baby or having a child. And so we think, though, that our children, our older children can't understand that. And so we think, we give a gift to bring something that the relationship brings. But there's also something in saying, let them sit with the uncertainty of the relationship, let it unfold, because they too will eventually and ultimately realize that there's so much that they gain from that relationship. And there will be so much joy and fulfillment for them too. There will also be a lot of struggle and bickering and all sorts that is very typical and standard to come with sibling relationships. But there are also all these other things that come with it. And I think we've made the mistake as parents that we think that initial meeting establishes how the sibling relationship will be forever. And we need to know that this sibling relationship, this new relationship that has just also been born the day our second child was born, is that this sibling relationship is it's going to be such a long and enduring one. And there are going to be so many moments that will contribute to building the relationship as well as moments that will contribute to antagonizing the relationship or building it down in many ways. And it's not defined by one simple um, moment of meeting. And I think if we as parents can take that pressure off ourselves, that that first meeting holds so much weight and needs to be so sort of successful, then already I think the way we've reframed it is going to be helpful. Oof, there's a lot, doctor. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> once, once we're home with our baby, I mean, you know, I come from the hospital, you arrive. How, how involved should the sibling get into helping with the baby? 
Because now, you know, these are a hard squeeze and you're like, oh, don't squeeze the baby that hard. And mm. the baby wants to, the toddler wants to help or the sibling wants to help. And you go, okay, but you've, you've touched your nap now. Did you wash your hands? Yeah. And, you know, there's always an issue. Or sometimes you try not to overreact because you don't want that knee jerk, you know, um, yeah. or being unsure. Or how, how involved should we get them? Yeah, uh, I mean, such an important question. And I think, again, it's really about finding that balance. I think when we can recognize that as parents, we are maybe engaging quite negatively with them, then we need to rethink it and readjust how much time they are spending with the baby. So if we find that we are constantly sort of saying, don't touch them like this, don't do that, you know, then I think it's important to to reassess because that's not helpful to the situation. But I also think there's something to be said about our children feeling included and feeling part of rather than sort of external observers to this relationship. And so including them is such a significant thing that you can do in sort of helping the adjustment when there's a new baby, letting them get involved letting them feel like they've got a little bit of power, a little bit of control. It's so nice for older kids to really feel that sense of something that they can do that obviously the baby can't. And so giving them power in these moments, getting them to help you, you know, really saying, oh, this, you know, can you maybe help mom? Can you get the wet wipes? Every time I change a nappy, I need you to help me. That's your job. Just like it might be my job to feed the baby it's your job to help me bring the wipes if that's something that you want to do. And so it's a great way of just including our kids in this process because we want to really be mindful of that positive versus negative interaction. And one of the things, you know, again, just a little tip to, to sort of throw in is that when we do feel a little bit anxious with our older sibling and, and the new baby, we do tend to kind of say, oh, you know, don't, don't touch so hard, don't squeeze so hard. And we very um, sort of, quite quick to be one directed one direct sort of one dimensional or direct that to one child obviously the older sibling and what ends up happening is for that child they often feel like they keep getting it wrong and they are the ones inflicting pain or hurting their sibling and they're the ones in trouble and mom's always saying to them don't hurt your brother don't do this don't squeeze too hard so what we want to do is of course we want to make sure that we are still enforcing that sort of boundary because we don't want that behavior. But instead of it being directed to one child, we want to actually communicate that both ways. And it sounds silly, but for that older sibling, it's going to be a very different experience for them. So it will look like something like, instead of saying, Kate, don't squeeze your brother like that or use gentle hands with your brother, you're actually going to say, Kate, use gentle hands with Jack and Jack use gentle hands with Kate, even though we both know here that the baby is not going to be touching the older sibling in any way that's hurtful or even able to kind of do anything like that. We want our older child to know that that boundary is a reciprocal boundary and is a family boundary. That isn't a boundary only directed at the older sibling. And that already makes them sort of more likely to hear it and more likely to sort of collaborate and actually be more cooperative with you. It's interesting that you're talking about the family boundary. In my two girls, uh, they're 22 months apart. At birth, it was easy to introduce the two. It was, it was, for us, it was actually easier than what we thought it would be, right? Yeah. The struggle is coming in now where they, when there is a disagreement or the two are having a fight, um, the older one will say, 
oh, but look, this rule only applies for her, but not for me. And we'll be like, no, that's not true, you know? So I'm really enjoying learning about the family boundary and that the same rules apply for each of them. Um, Exactly. Which brings me to this. I mean, how do we approach this situation when we we actually had a mom contact us about this. The, this? the new baby has arrived home and everyone's elated and the older sister is not loving this little brother that just popped out of nowhere. And she said, put him back. <laughs> put him back in your tummy. I don't want him here. You know, <laughs> if he came from there. And I mean, you referred to it earlier where, we kind of need to journey with him, but it's almost like we want yeah. to hear more about this because we obviously set it up in a way that little one is not understanding because she reckons yeah. if he came from there, then you can <laughs> just can go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sweet, isn't it? What they, what they all sort of say in these moments, very sort of dear, but it's actually such a common one because life is suddenly turned upside down by the arrival of the new sibling and all the change that has taken place, they ascribe to the baby. So they say, you know, everything's changed. Mom is maybe not fetching me from school and, you know, she's not as present maybe as what she used to be. And there's this crying baby in the house. And so what brought all of that? The baby. So take the baby away. So it's actually a very, very common response that many kids have. And again, I think it comes back to, you know, we often have the expectation that there should be this absolutely perfect, smooth relationship where our kids sort of are, we have this image of them holding hands, kind of skipping into the horizon. And that's what sibling relationships should look like all the time. And, you know, we all know that that's not realistic, yet we continue to set these expectations that the sibling relationship should really be all positive. And the first thing we can do as parents is just to tweak that a little bit or reframe it and say, you know, what is what does a typical relationship look like? If I take a relationship with probably even one of my sort of strongest relationships, I can recognize times where I'm frustrated with that person, where I am irritable, where I maybe would prefer to be alone. Those are healthy aspects of any relationship. And we should afford our kids the same experience within the sibling relationships. So what we often do in that moment is we think we need to convince them of how great it is to have a sibling. We tell them that it's so wonderful that they um, are going to have a playmate for life. And But look how sweet he is. And we try to convince them um, of the sibling relationship. Instead, what we should be doing is really just validating and hearing their struggle. And often that is actually enough to just say, like, I get it. It's hard. It's been a hard adjustment. Like, I know life is a little bit different and things don't feel the same. And there's a part of you that is longing for what we had. And that's fully okay. Like, I 100% understand that. And I can understand that you feel that way. We don't need to convince them otherwise. And even just validating this experience is by no means going to um, sort of reinforce a negative relationship between the siblings. We often think that it might be. So that's why we over convince them that actually the sibling relationship is good. But if they feel heard in their struggle, they kind of go, okay, well, I was heard in that and I was validated and now I can move on. So really in those moments, it's about acknowledging the struggle and acknowledging what it is they really are saying. They're saying that life has changed and that that is difficult. And and that's totally okay. Probably all the family members would be able to reflect and share something similar. Doctor, thank you for always making it 
seem a little bit easier to build a wholesome and a beautiful family. And we really, really appreciate your input every time we, we call on you to come and give us some reassurance and some advice. Uh, Dr. Janie Rose, please follow her on social media. She's a clinical psychologist and parent-child specialist. And then also in our social media post, you'll be able to see how to follow her for a lot of advice and tips uh, around parenting. A big thank you to our support. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.